Hey there, you got Jeff. I've got about 15 seconds before my dog barks again, so I'll make this quick. If you're looking to connect with other customer success leaders who are trying to operationalize customer success in their companies, come over to gaingrowretain.com and join now. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Gain, Grow, Retain. On today's installment, we've got Catherine Yagodnik from Monster Worldwide. We had the opportunity to meet Catherine through a mutual connection on LinkedIn and got to hear her story about 20 years or so at Monster and what she's been able to build within the customer success organization, really looking into data and some of the technology that can really enhance some of the customer interactions that are happening. So uh, we had a really good time chatting with Catherine and learning more about what she's been able to build over her time. And... Um, really think you guys can leverage what she's talking about. So uh, hopefully you enjoy. Welcome to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Gain, Grow, Retain. Today we've got Catherine Yagodnik from Monster Worldwide. She is a senior manager of customer success. So first of all, thanks for uh, joining us today and maybe give us uh, a little blurb on uh, just yourself and then uh, maybe give us a little blurb on, on Monster Worldwide just to make sure we can uh, orient ourselves. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for having me here today. Really excited uh, to talk about one of uh, my favorite subjects overall, which is customer success. Um, a little bit about Monster. So we, if, if you're familiar with Monster Worldwide, um, we started out in 1994 with a dream in the middle of the night, which became the Monster Board. We're the 454th site on the internet. Um, I have had the pleasure of being with Monster for 19 years of the 25 years that we have been in business. Um, and I remember, you know, back when I first started that our competition, our, our top competitor was the newspaper. And uh, I was teaching people how to set up an email address uh, to post jobs online. Um, so I know we've made a significant impact on the recruitment industry uh, over the past 25 years. Um, and I really appreciated and had so much fun being a part of our overall story. Um, and really excited about a lot of the things that we're doing now, specifically tied to how we can ensure our, our customers are driving success from our solution. So um, thank you, Jeff, for having me. Awesome. That is a, I like that stat that you guys were the 454th website. If I, if yes, I heard if you that. can believe it, it's crazy. I know. I wonder how many there is now. Like, I'm curious to go look that, that stat up. Um, we'll, we'll have to do that. Me too. Yeah. So you know, you mentioned, obviously, you've been at Monster for close to 19 years now. Uh, I think the, the company overall has been in business for about 25 years. So, um, you know, customer success is a relatively new field, or at least in name, it's relatively new. Um, so I'm curious, you know, throughout those 19 years that you've been there, you know, maybe talk about how customer success came to exist and, and how you guys thought about kind of needing that department um, and, or needing that function within the organization, or even the mindset to really uh, bring that in and start thinking about the customers and the outcomes they're looking to achieve um, and really how customer success was born at Monster. Yeah, so, uh, you know, focusing on our customers and being successful is something that has always been really important to us. But I think when you take a look at um, companies in general and having different factions of the business that have been born just out of the way business has, um, you know, changed over 
you know, the past 25 years, I would say that we realized, um, you know, with the healthy amount of competition that we have in the different places that our customers can go to find the talent, that we had to take a more proactive approach in how we were guiding our customers to um, a successful solution. And so really um, to tackle churn, to ensure that we were maximizing our sales rep time. Um, and in addition to that, driving revenue, we had to think about how we were going to do things differently. Um, and being proactive is key, understanding how our customers are utilizing our products is key, um, which is why we've done a lot to um, take a look at our product health and customer usage. Um, and thus, you know, really overarching, just trying to tackle churn, maintain the customer um, and the business that we have is really what this stems from. Um, so, yeah. So when you uh, think about, I think you just mentioned a little bit, obviously about becoming proactive with the customer success team. Uh, you mentioned, you know, you guys utilizing a lot around the product data and, and outcomes. Uh, you also mentioned, you know, looking at kind of revenue driving or uh, kind of increased revenue. So, um, you know, has that shifted over time as well since you guys have established customer success? I guess, have you kind of seen the evolution of that team and maybe the metric that they're trying to impact most? So when we take a look at customer success and specifically who I work with hand in hand is our sales team. Um, and so when we first started this whole process of, um, we really started it within our small business segment. Um, and at that time, we had our small business segment inheriting, you know, all the business that was coming in through our e-commerce platform. So it's not business that they directly influenced on what type of solution a customer should purchase. In addition to that, they were, um, you know, healthily growing and, and selling uh, their own solutions to their customers. And so when we take a look at our sales reps having to engage, and I think their territories were roughly you know, thousands of accounts, um, we realized that we had to, you know, tackle things differently, prioritize our reps work for them, and look at how we can engage with our customers in a meaningful way that they wanted to be um, communicated with. And so hence we created cohorts. And then what we've seen with that is successfully being able to increase our retention rates as a result of really building out this whole customer success, I would say at scale um, for our sales team. Because we have two different types of, of factions of how we run customer success. We have our sales teams that are um, participating in us going after our customers proactively. And then we have an extra layer of our customer success that works with more of our high touch customers. Um, and so the, where I'm working with is, you know, trying to drive customer success, proactive conversations at scale um, for our sales team. That's great. You know, the, the way, and I like the way you put this too, is you guys um, really focused on almost like a bottoms up approach. So how do we start thinking about scaling um, first? And I think a lot of people think about it maybe the opposite way. I think a lot of people have high touch and then they um, are trying to push that down. And so it sounds like you had high touch, but at least from a technology standpoint, and maybe the kind of where your focus is from um, your position was you actually focused on the low touch. Um, and so I think maybe that shift, or I'm curious if in your if this just happened this happened inherently, but did you have to think about maybe technology first uh, when you're thinking about the scale uh, of what you needed to do? Like you didn't really have the maybe the ability to think about high touch models uh, even at that low segment, so that it really wasn't an option for you right off the bat. Well, absolutely. I mean, um, we knew that we would have to turn to automation to be able to do this at scale. And um, so that was one of the things when we took a look at how our reps were spending their time, how we were going to help prioritize the way that they were going to be able to run their business and maximize, um, you know, ensuring they were talking to customers at the right time. We absolutely had to 
excuse me, we absolutely had to ensure that we looked at automation um, because when you have thousands of customers um, and you want to do things consistently, it's really hard to just depend on your sales reps to run with that and they've got selling to do and many other things that we expect of them. So when you think about um, the low touch segment and, you know, I think you mentioned a couple of things just about having, you know, thousands of accounts down there, mm -hmm. potentially needing ways to prioritize. Um, what was kind of the first step, I guess, you took into, you know, understanding that segment and really figuring out, you know, how you needed to potentially build out what your program looked like? Well, I mean, I did a lot of research just around what other companies are doing um, to, you know, see what would be the best way for us to approach this. I think that low touch um, can mean a lot of things to a lot of different companies. So um, when you take a look at low touch, um, you know, customers may fit into this category as a result of annual spend, employee size. They could be based on the customer's success potential. Um, so, so what happens is with this low touch, and especially what we were experiencing, there was a, a high multitude of accounts. It becomes for a sales rep, I'll get to it when I can, which usually you know means that opportunity is overlooked. Um, and so that when we took a look at low touch, we wanted to say, how can we be no, how can we utilize automation to be low touch no longer? And how can we convert into a tech touch and um, be able to get in touch with our customers, both in a way that they would like us to communicate with them. I don't think all of these thousands of customers wanted a phone call from us. You know, every 30 days, a lot of our customers, specifically in our small business space, don't have a hiring need um, more than once or twice a year. And so that's, we wanted to ensure, um, again, how can we utilize automation um, to put the right type of content in front of the right customer in, in the right time where we looked at both doing proactive engagement campaigns, as well as taking over all of our rep-driven um, content that was being sent out. So you've, you've gone and done some research, you know, you've started to identify what you really need to hone in on for that segment, right? Kind of understanding the engagement model that you might need. Uh, I really like the way you talked about content delivery as well. I think we um, have started to see that more and more in customer success and having almost uh, somebody that is focused on customer marketing and whether they live in marketing or customer success. Um, I think we've seen it both yeah. ways, but um, I like the way you've talked about that. So, you know, you kind of identify what you need to do. How did you go think about the technology aspect to bring into the fold? Was it, um, and it I mean, did you ha guys have systems that you could already use internally and you tried that first or was it pretty early on that you just said, Hey, you know, I've seen that customer success in the technology space for customer successes maturing and there's products out there that we can use. Curious how you, you went about that process. Yeah, so great question. Um, I would say that, you know, we utilize Salesforce and many, many companies do. And um, from a customer success perspective, we had tried to put together a propensity model um, to provide our sales reps with prioritization um, of accounts. And we found it to be um, not beneficial just because it was an account by account sort of review. Um, and we weren't able to necessarily put customer usage and you know, Salesforce for us is a fantastic system of record, but we just ran into a lot of challenges trying to utilize that particular platform um, to you know, take it up a notch um, in terms of not only prioritization for our sales rep, but also customer engagement, especially at the usage level. Um, but in addition to that, prior to my role of taking on customer success, I was in charge of doing all of our e-commerce promotions. So when it came to us wanting to go to our sales reps and say, hey, this is the type of promotion that we're running on the site. Here is an OST. Knock yourselves out and have fun doing a mass mailing with that. 
what we wanted to do, so besides just being able to do proactive engagement campaigns, is we wanted to be able to take over um, all of the communications that we were sending out from uh, the reps and take over the marketing duties that they were doing themselves. Um, and of course, work hand in hand with our marketing department. They tackle our overall larger marketing message. But from a rep perspective, you know, when you're trying to get out to your customers, you have two ways of doing that, two primary ways, I should say, which is calling and emailing. And so thus we found that just expecting our sales reps to take care of their own marketing um, was not, you know, able to give us a consistent cadence, consistent messaging, consistent um, metrics to be able to look at if the offers we were sending out or any type of the, the goodwill, the thought leadership emails we were sending out were resonating with our customers. Um, and so thus we realized, and, and, and by the way, we used to tango. This is a, a little bit of a different use than I believe most customers utilize to tango for, but we found inherent major value in the fact that we could take over all of our rep-driven marketing with some of their campaign technology. Um, and so that was an, another thing that we wanted to tackle in terms of trying to you know, take on customer success at scale. That's a really interesting use case. And I think we've seen, I think we continue to see that um, customer marketing, current customer marketing, you know, especially if there is, uh, we'll say an upsell potential or there's opportunity there for, um, you know, expansion within that account um, starts to become kind of a crazy mix. Uh, we were, you know, just talking about it with a, a client the other day, how they have, They've got Salesforce, they have a marketing tool, they also have a customer success tool. And right now there's no <clears throat> kind of coordination between the systems to understand like who should be sending uh, what, who should be sending what to a customer at what point in time. And so I, I think that's really interesting that you um, went in and started to try and tackle that question because again, I think it's largely forgotten in some cases. Um, I think it's becoming more important now, but a lot of times your marketing team is, is really focused on um, you know, our outward facing brand, how we're thinking about potentially landing opportunities, exactly. yeah. about the funnel, and they're really aligned with the sales team. And so a current customer or, you know, when there's an upsell opportunity, it may get kind of put on the back burner. And so um, I do like the way that you kind of run in, you know, kind of run in there and from a customer success perspective said, hey, this is really important for us to drive proactivity to make sure we're identifying opportunities. And so how can we kind of help quarterback or coordinate um, if it's a current customer, you know, we need to be communicating that with them in a specific way. We want to make that consistent. So how did you, how did you really get buy-in, you know, from the sales and marketing teams across that, um, that spectrum? Was that a, a tough process or did you think about, it you know, was a tough it? Process. did you think about forming yeah, I mean, of, some form, of some sort or how, how did you go about that? So again, it was just born out of um, a passion for trying to um, bring you know, give really give, maximize our rep selling time, understanding that when you have so many accounts that you're trying to manage, how can we give them more time back in their day? But in addition to that, how can we continue to keep monster top of mind? Um, and so it, we, it's really hard to rely on our sales reps just trying to do these mass communications, um, be able to you know keep tabs on the type of communications that were, they were sending out. So it was a little bit of a leap of faith for our sales team, because like I mentioned, you know, there's only so many ways they can stay out in front of their customers. But we wanted to stay out of our, in front of our customers smart, um, just continuing to send out um, you know, messaging to our customers that was a one-size-fits-all um, was just not working. Uh, and in addition to that, we didn't know when and if reps were participating in sending out the communications that may or may not have been asked of them. And then they were doing a fantastic job of, of trying to think of their own marketing um, subject matter, you know, on their own. And so 
trying to bring that all together, like I said, having the sales team, the sales leadership trust us to be able to do this on their behalf was a huge hurdle to overcome. But I think what's great is a year later, a rep was just talking to me about how they remember this hurdle um, and how uh, hard it was to initially get buy-in, but how they could never see it any other way. Um, because we've been able to do uh, such great things for them in terms of you know, driving revenue, ensuring that um, we're driving credibility for them with the thought leadership or messaging that we're able to put out for them. Um, that we are able to, um, you know, keep Monster consistently top of mind for those customers that may or may not have a need right at this point. Um, and so I'm really proud of what we've been able to accomplish here. And in addition to that, we have fantastic partners on the marketing side that we work hand in hand uh, on a weekly basis, ensuring how are we going to quarterback the different messaging? Because what Katango provides for us is a really robust segmentation engine that allows us to um, segment our customers based on you know past spend, based on past um, product that they purchased, um, based on what type of usage and or hopefully um, success they've had with some of our products based on the, the health that we've assigned. Um, so it's really allowed for us to go deeper and wider uh, with our customers and a more personalized message on behalf of our sales team. Man, you just you took the question right out, and I love that you answered it because um, I was going to ask around how you how you thought about segmentation and some of those factors. So um, it really sounds like you've used you know some current ARR markers. You've thought about some of the products that they might have, you know, for potential uh, kind of cross sell opportunities there. Um, also, what they've probably Absolutely. bought, so upsell or expansion, um, and account health. So when you think about the engagement model, you know, you kind of mentioned this is low touch and um, or what you guys consider low touch, and you've got um, Mainly, it sounds like a sales staff that's uh, looking for those upsell and cross-sell opportunities or kind of, you know, farming those accounts. Um, so have you largely been able to, um, I guess, get away with not having a specific customer success person down in that um, category? Or do you kind of overlay some of the, the human uh, assets down there as well with some of the kind of automation and tech that you guys have? Yeah, we absolutely um, do ensure that we weave in um, some one-to-one -one touch by our sales reps. Um, depending on the type of scenario. So um, we have what are called success plates that we will take any of the data that we're seeing. Um, so let's say we've got a brand new customer to Monster. We want to ensure that um, they understand how to write a job posting, um, that you know, they understand what type of competition they're up against within their particular job market to find the same type of talent. Now that's something that you can't necessarily, that expertise can get just from you know, posting your, your position anywhere. Um, and so yes, that's just an example of how we try to weave in ensuring uh, that our reps are mindful of these newer customers, that they understand how to best get uh, or how to get the best results. Um, and then, you know, we've got other ways that we weave in, um, you know, customers aren't utilizing our product. Not only are we able to go and get in front of our customers with a proactive engagement um, email, asking them to come back and utilize our services, but we also have, um, you know, ways that we're serving up to our sales reps of, hey, you need to pay attention to this. We want to make sure that we're engaging them um, because it's the, the end goal is to retain them and hopefully if they're finding success, make it a really easy way uh, for them to cross-sell or upsell uh, the customer into an additional solution. That's great. How, um, so you mentioned, you know, you've got uh, a low, this, you know, segment that you guys have with the, the sales staff, you've built in some of these, autom you know, automation within Tatango. Um, yeah. Is there, is there even a segment that you guys consider below that where you've, you know, you kind of just have the technology working or um, is that what you guys consider in that 
uh, you know, is kind of weaving in those, those human interactions when there is kind of hand raised type moments? So I'd say right now, um, we are still weaving in the, the human interaction. Um, we want to make sure again that the customer is fully apprised, uh, especially our new customers on what Monster has to offer. And not only that, but just that they are successful um, in their initial purchase with us. While I foresee in the future, um, we could probably leverage and go down that path of even, even better increased automation. Uh, um, again, depending on any type, many types of factors of spend or employee size or whatnot, um, self-serve. Uh, but right now we are, we, we've got this tech touch cohort. Then we've got our hybrid cohort, which is, you know, kind of a mix of ensuring that we've got even more, you know, hand holding by the reps. And then we've got our high touch, which is the light white glove treatment. And then where some of our customer success overlays. Um, so for right now, again, still dabbling with having both the human and automated touch, but never know in the future where we could go. Yeah. There's plenty of possibility. And I like the way you mentioned this earlier, you were talking about, you know, developing potentially cohorts. Um, so have you guys adapted kind of a, a test and iterate type of mentality as you've gone down this path of bringing in technology and thinking about this, whether in those initial stages, you know, you, did you have specific cohorts that you were trying this on and you would measure results and then kind of iterate from there? I'm just curious how you maybe continue to think about just the, the different ways that you could deploy uh, what you guys have ended up doing and, and how you might have uh, thought about that, that from a program perspective. Yes, I would say a key term at Monster is being agile and uh, iterating all the time. So I would say what our um, model looked like back when I started this two and a half years ago, it, it looks very different and similar um, because we've also taken um, the Tatanko platform and expanded it, not just to our small business team, but to our major team. Uh, that focus on mid-market. Um, and so with all of that has come major iterations. Um, and I don't think it's something you always have to evolve, albeit the segments that you're targeting and or the health um, that you're modeling to ensure that, you know, customers at the end of the day, where we have the right health um, that are, you know, a good indicator of if they will continue to do business with us or not. Um, there's so many things that you have to, to, to stay up um, and change. And fortunately, um, there's so much great literature out there to continue to read up on. Um, that, you know, we've been able to continue to weave some great examples from other organizations, you know, into our process and, and look forward to doing that in the future. You know, again, you've, you've kind of seen it all at, at Monster. You've been there for 19 years. You've kind of taken on this customer success role and really helped develop the kind of automation and technology that you guys are using down in this space. So um, maybe what are some of the maybe two to three challenges that you feel like you um, kind of had to go through or that you experienced that you might be able to give um, some perspective on just in kind of getting this whole thing stood up within the organization? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important um, when you have customer success uh, and you're starting down that path that you have um, support both from the executive level and then also from the floor, um, the feet on the street. It's definitely a mindset change in terms of starting to look towards running your, your, your um, excuse me, business on a more proactive approach as opposed to reactive. Um, I would say change management is hard, trying to uh, every single day champion why we have to work with our customers differently to ensure that they stay with us um, is something that we've always uh, have to work through. Um, like you mentioned, in terms of uh, you have to be nimble, business changes all the time. We have different priorities that change. And so um, with any technology that, that you have, it's, it's great specifically with the technology we have with Tatango that we can flip things on the dime if we need to. 
um, without a lot of um, you know internal approvals to do so, which is fantastic. We can either start up initiatives based on everyone um, agreeing to it and or stop one, uh, depending on where we are at within the business. Uh, I think those are free, and I think I, I could just keep going on here, Jeff. <laughs> that yeah, you probably got a ton of learnings. Um, so you know, kind of keeping the the similar mindset. Um, you know, kind of talk through some challenges. You mentioned making sure we've got, you know, executive sponsorship and even just sponsorship down, you know, probably from a, a tactical level to make sure, you know, you can get a couple of uh, champions down there who can, you know, help the first cohort. Absolutely. Yeah. Whatever you, get. Um, you mentioned, obviously thinking about the technology piece and, and where that fits in. Um, so maybe on the, now on the, on the flip side, what, you know, if you were to think about just some of the, uh, maybe what, what are some of the areas that helped maybe grease the skids, whether, you know, whether things internally that were already pointing this direction, whether things that you felt like just internally at the organization really um, just set you up for success, even from kind of day one, as you started to take on this, this program? Uh, I think personally, what um, set me up for success in terms of trying to tackle this um, was just having multiple perspectives of different parts of our organization. So being able to have worked in sales and sales leadership, um, worked very closely with product, with marketing over the years, um, you know, with sales operations, and you name it, having uh, multiple opportunities to learn what uh, the different things are important to the different parts of the business uniquely positioned me to try to take on this challenge because it's a big one. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of um, different people that you have to influence to help understand why championing customer health, championing taking our data, our disparate data that's all over the place and driving action at scale. Um, so I, I think that helps, that's one, you know, answer to your question of how personally, and then I think um, as a, a customer or as an organization, again, we know that we've got many different things that we're working on, many different internal challenges we have, hey, what customer, what organization doesn't, um, but we knew if we were going to be able to tackle churn and continue to drive repeat revenue um, and, you know, ultimate, ultimately maximize our um, reps time that we had to do something different. And, and those are just a couple things. I'm sure if you were talking to, you know, uh, some of my executives, there, there's multiple priorities and things um, and work streams that we're championing. But I know for me personally, um, proactive is the name of the game, understanding customer usage and um, capitalizing on that and making sure that our customers are successful, not just happy, was really important to me. Um, and so I wanted to be able to bring that to Monster um, and, and help uh, champion change. That's awesome. Yeah, we, uh, I would say we oftentimes say that subscription businesses are the ultimate team sport because you can't just mm -hmm. change one thing without affecting the other. You know, sales, uh, the sales team starts selling differently. That's going to have downstream effects. If the product designs something different, right, it, it kind of changes what the sales and marketing team uh, might be doing. Absolutely. So, um, so I like the way you said that, though, and, and having, you know, especially within customer success and some of the, the leaders I think we've seen and um, really admired um, and somebody like yourself just in hearing you talk right now is just the, the fact that, you know, you really need to start champion, championing this across the organization. Um, and you really have to come in every day with that change management mindset of, hey, this is why we're doing this. You know, this is the uh, almost the charter or why this is important for the business and really continue to harp on that. Like every day you walk into the doors because um, ultimately, you know, the thing that you're doing in customer success, especially with the technology and the automation, um, you're affecting a lot of, you know, across the organization, the sales team, potentially what the marketing team is doing, what your customer success team is doing. So um, you really need to make sure and, and build that uh, kind of champion inside and have the mentality. So um, I like the way you uh, put that towards the end. 
You do, Jeff, and I can't tell you how um, exciting it is when that light bulb finally goes off and uh, people really start understanding, especially with the sales team, because when you, you know, you've got people that have been here a long time um, and having to take a different mindset of how they're going to run their business differently and just seeing um, the light bulb go off and then learn, you know, really seeing how they're going to be able to affect change just with their customers and their territory and for their team is really the, the most uh, delightful thing for me to see on a daily basis. So, so yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate all the time today. This has been fun. Um, I know this was long overdue for us to, to get on the phone and, and talk through some of these things, but I think what you've been able to accomplish in the, you know, bringing in some of the technology and automation and, um, you know, really thinking through how do you start weaving in the right uh, kind of human connection moments at the right time, thinking about those hand raiser type moments, um, as we always put them. But um, this has been fun for us to learn a little bit about what you've done. So appreciate the time. We'll get a, a chance to talk again soon. Hey guys, thanks so much for taking the time to listen to the Gain, Grow, Retain podcast. If you liked what you heard, please take a moment and share the podcast with your friends and colleagues and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Talk to you soon.